Hello and welcome. This is Diane Lake, your host, and I'm going to be sharing how you can understand and apply the prophetic through practical terms, practical ways, and practical means that make it relevant to everyday life so that you can help prepare the way for the Lord's purposes to manifest in the earth. This is Preparing the Way, the Practical Prophetic. Well, hello guys and welcome to episode 20. I've titled this one, Why It's Not Okay When Someone Steals From You. So I think today's topic could really help someone who suffers from some type of betrayal or injustice and may not just really be aware what God thinks about your situation. So actually, this would probably apply to anyone. So uh, because who hasn't been wronged in life, right? We all have at some point in some way. I'm going to be sharing some testimony today on how I came to realize that when you suffer any type of injustice at the hands of someone else, it is not okay with God. It's not okay with God when someone abuses or misuses you. So when I say that it's not okay that someone steals from you, I'm talking about when you suffer any kind of injustice at the hands of another. Okay, so you know that I've quoted John 10.10 before. So that's where I get that idea of stealing. Because Jesus said, referring to Satan, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Remember, Jesus said he comes to give life and give it more abundantly. But the thief, Satan, steals. That's his MO, okay? So that's where I get that reference to stealing. So it might be actually money financial, but it could also be an inheritance. I'm going to talk about that some of land or a business. It could be an injustice such as abuse, you know, so we can talk about what business, business, family, uh, just society. It could be anybody who has misused or abused and stolen something. It doesn't have to be financial, anything, anything that Satan uses against you through another person against you financially, emotionally, relationally, and so on, that's stealing. So what does God say in scripture from Proverbs 631? The thief has to repay, right? So part of what we're going to be getting to towards the end is I do believe that God wants to restore justice to you, but we'll get to that later, okay? So it's important to think in your own mind as you listen today, about what has been stolen from you and then apply the points that I'm going to be covering to your own situation because that's what we want to do. What the end game is that we're headed to is we want to be able to see injustice from God's perspective because if you look at it from any other angle, any other way, it's what I refer to as an ungodly mindset. That's thinking about anything, whether it's in relation to yourself, other people, or anything in the world around us, if you don't look at it in the way that God sees it, then that's an ungodly mindset, okay? So by the way, I cover that much more extensively in episode number one, which is titled The Power of Testimony and Breaking Free from Ungodly Mindsets. So be sure to go back and listen to that in more detail if you want some more info on that. And I will be sure to link that uh, that particular episode in the show notes that are attached to my shows on the cpnshows.com page, okay? Or you can find it on www.starfireministries.org. So I'm going to be covering some things that I want to just clarify for you how we can look at injustice from God's perspective. 
Because as I say, we've all been affected, I can guarantee, right? So number one, we've kind of inferred or or referenced this from John 10.10. 10. It's not people who are stealing from you, okay? It is the enemy. It is Satan. It's important to separate the act from the person or group of people and understand that it's Satan using that person, using that situation, working through them through a demonic force, demonic power, demonic spirit, whatever you want to call it. And it's very important that you do that because otherwise it's going to be very difficult to forgive someone, okay? So recognize most people wouldn't do something if they really understood from God's perspective something wrong, if they understood what they were doing from God's perspective, all right? Most people wouldn't. So it means there's some some level that they don't understand, okay? Now, do they need to be held accountable? Well, ultimately, of course, God will judge them. But that, on the other hand, doesn't mean we need to excuse the behavior. We don't need to say that something that's wrong is um, not wrong, okay? We're going to cover that in a little more detail, all right? So number one, separate the person from the act. Understand that it's the enemy, Satan, who's stealing from you. Number two, it is important to forgive. We know that from scripture. You don't need me to tell you that. But at the same time, recognize that it can take a while for your heart, your emotions to catch up with the words, okay? So it's important to confess it. Maybe you need to do it daily to the Lord. Just say, Lord, I forgive them. I forgive the person who did me wrong. And then just say, help me, help me forgive. You know, remember there was that story in the Gospels about the father who came with the son and perhaps it was epilepsy and he kept throwing himself in the fire, etc. And Jesus says, if you have faith, right? And what did he say? I believe, help my unbelief. There's something about being real and honest with the Lord that he will really honor, okay? Um, and also you may want to go back to another episode. This would be number three in which I talk about soul and spirit hurts. I think this one is called There Stands Before You, An Open Door. Because some of us don't know how or haven't ever been taught to walk through things that have really wounded us emotionally somehow. And you can end up carrying a lot of baggage and I walk through some things that can help you. So again, I'll take that in the show notes on cpnshows.com or visit our website. So when we look at injustice, we want to look at Jesus. As always, he is our model, okay? So uh, concerning forgiveness, for example, what, what did he do when he was crucified on the cross? What did he say? Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing, right? And remember, you have to leave the situation in the Lord's hands. You have to commit it to the Lord. Peter said when he was speaking about Christ, this is in 1 Peter 2, 22-23, talking about Jesus, he said, he committed no sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he committed himself to him who judges righteously. Okay, so you do have to give it over to the Lord, obviously. Um, That's pretty important. Because if we take on the job of revenge, or trying to defend ourselves, or 
uh, whatever you want to call it. You could just get into all kinds of situations. It's only going to hurt us if we let the root of bitterness spring up, right? That's what Hebrews twelve fifteen tells us because it says by it, we become defiled. Well, what that's talking is about now, now we're going to have baggage going through life and that we just don't want that, right? I don't want that. So again, it's not necessarily easy to forgive and and we know that, but just be honest with the Lord and go through these steps and it will get easier, I promise, as far as having your heart catch up eventually with your words, especially if you're following these steps that I'm telling you about as we go here. But we're at number three. Okay, make no mistake, it is not wrong to judge the action or the event itself as unfair, unjust, unrighteous, okay? We don't want to judge the person themselves, their heart, their motivation. We're going to give that up to the Lord, right? Commit it to the Lord. Um, but let's look at that a little bit more because, you know, most of us are, f- f- excuse me, familiar with the passage in Matthew 7, 1 that says, judge not that you be not judged for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. But that doesn't mean that you can't judge anything that you can't you know, just be like, oh, well, okay, so I won't say whether this is wrong, that's wrong. I'll just say it's all fine. We'll wait for God to finish the judgment in the end, right? Well, there are some things about right and wrong that we do have the ability to judge. This verse is reminding us that the final verdict is up to God and to be sure not to judge heart motives because our own hearts might be hiding something, right? That we don't even know about perhaps. But you have to look at what else Jesus says in scripture about judging and judgment. In John 7, we looked at Matthew 7 for that scripture. In John 7, 24, Jesus said, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. All right. So, I mean, it's not easy to see or it's not hard to see is what I'm trying to say. If something is wrong, sometimes if someone murders, if someone steals, uh, if they uh, bear false witness, if they manipulate a situation for their advantage, we can tell if something's wrong, right? If someone abuses you, misuses you, we, we can judge it as wrong. Why? Well, because God does. And how does he do that? He gives us a standard and that standard is scripture. For some things, we have the Ten Commandments. Okay, we're told we're not to steal, we're not to kill, right? Certain kinds of things, uh, not to murder or not kill unlawfully. You know, it's more than just murder, but um, these are perpetually binding moral commands. And there's many other scriptures that give us principles that show us what God thinks is right, what God's thinking thinking is wrong and we want to think about things the way that he is thinking when we do we have a godly mindset when we don't we have an ungodly one okay so one striking example of jesus judging something as wrong was when he cleansed the temple right he got angry he drove out the money changers and those who were were selling livestock and doves for sacrifices all right he didn't just lose his temper right there was a reason for this He understood from God's perspective. He quoted Isaiah 56 and referred to the temple, the house of God, being a house of prayer. So remember, we want to use that same principle of scripture when we're formulating what we think about injustice. Now, Jesus had set aside his godness. Remember, Philippians 2 tells us that. 
um, and took on the form and likeness of a man. So personally, this is just a little bit of an aside from what we're talking about. I think that Jesus knew what God's thoughts and, and thinking was about the temple from his study of the scripture versus it just being an internal knowledge from him being divine. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Because he was a man here on earth as we were. I think he had to study the word. I think he had to get to know his father through prayer and just worship and spending time with him the same as we do. Um, and that the Holy Spirit illuminated the word as he studied it. He had the scriptures that they had at that time which would be basically the Old Testament. And I don't think it's necessarily because he was the Word, like John 1 tells us, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God. And Jesus, we know, is you know ultimately the divine author of Scripture, according to that passage. But Acts 10.31 tells us that Jesus was anointed by God and the Holy Spirit so that he could go around and do the good things he was doing, the healing, um, the physical healing, so you know, casting out any evil spirits, those that were oppressed by the devil. It didn't just happen by osmosis because he was God. And I think that's why he knew the scriptures. So I'm just pointing that out because we have to be in the word of God with a pure heart, seeking to know what the principles are, or we won't know how to judge and, and uh, judge something rightness in righteousness either. Okay. And I'm going to talk about some personal things um, just by way of testimony because I want you to be able to land this stuff. So I grew up in a family that experienced quite a lot of betrayal, uh, especially in both sides of my family, coming down through my mother and father, things like stolen inheritances or that people were just skipped over in inheritance and things of that nature. And in fact, there's still a lot of things going on in my family. Um, but, you know, we can break them in our own family, in our own immediate family, in your own sons and daughters and all that. You can break all the curses. But, you know, just as you get a ring away, people make their choices. So, honestly, I see things being repeated even today. But in our family, it was modeled that the right thing to do was just to act like everything was fine, everything was normal, and just pretend it didn't happen, I guess. And that was actually presented as the right way to think about things, the godly way, because it's not Christian to hold a grudge, right, or something. I don't know, because if you're not if you're not looking to the Lord for how to handle these things, you're going to come up with different ways, and this is one of them. But I'm just going to say, we do not have to pretend that everything is fine and normal, and I don't care what your injustice is, what type it is, because the Lord doesn't do that either. So hopefully this will become more clear as we go along. And I'm going to share testimony that will help, I think. But I want you to be able to apply what I'm talking about to your own life uh, so that we can line up. And there's a reason that I'm doing this. It's not just so you don't end up with baggage. It's because what you don't know can hurt you. Okay, so I'm going to talk about that when I give my testimony. But it's unfortunate, but the devil, that dirty dog... He knows what scripture says, okay? And if God has identified something as unjust and wrong in scripture, and you don't understand what it is, he can use it against you, as he did in mine when I share. So it creates an open door. So again, that podcast number three that's called There Stands Before You an Open Door, that's a really good one to get the background for what I'm talking about. Because you do have to know what's in scripture or it will hurt you. You might be oblivious as to why you are having so many issues in your life. And then if you go to scripture and dive in, you can figure it out and move forward. Okay. Um, so let's go on the testimony. Here we go. 
So um, just a little bit of review, because we've talked about justice and injustice. Justice, justice would convey the idea of setting things right or fair. Those things that are righteous, just, fair, uh, bringing about something that is due to you, whereas injustice is about something being removed from you in the opposite way, okay? It's being stolen. So it took some time to realize for me in my life that the Lord actually cares about what has happened to me, first of all, number one, he's not oblivious and he's not like insensitive, like, oh, she's hurting, but it doesn't affect me. He, he really grieves when something happens. All right. Just because sin and the effects of sin continue in the world till he returns to set it right does not mean he does not care. Number one. And so on top of that, he wants to restore what has been lost. This could be even your emotions, but I believe it's more than that. Um, I had a, a very, uh, powerful dream one time and I'll be sure and tag this article at the end because I don't want to get into it um, I think it was like restoration of personal justice or something like that I'll tag it in the show notes promise uh, I had a, a dream about this uh, motorcycle this vintage motorcycle that was going to be restored and across the tank was the emblem justice and a pretty pretty powerful dream but the lord was showing me that there was a movement of accelerated justice where he would restore things so um but let me get to the the actual thing about what i was going to say about the testimony so the biggest revelation that i had concerning uh, this injustice and how to think about it like god did when i didn't realize that i hadn't been involves an inheritance on the maternal side okay so it's my mom's mom and dad my grandparents they had three children. Now, I was probably in my mid-40s because, you know, um, I was a believer from age 10. You'll hear that in my testimony. But it wasn't until I was in my early 40s that I got spirit-filled and began to uh, be mentored and understood more and more. It was really in the Word because you can be saved and have a lot of um, odd ideas about things that, you know, it's just a process to begin to reformulate your mindsets. That's what we're talking about here. So my grandparents had three children, and one of them was my mom. And for some reason, known only to my grandparents, they never said why, they left my mom's successors out of that will when they died. So she preceded them death by many years, as I said. But the grandchildren from her would be me and my brothers and sisters. We were left out of the will. Um, so my grandparents probably did not have much money in the bank. I don't know for sure. But as farmers and ranchers, they did own a lot of property. Prime farm, prime grazing land. Ultimately, it was worth many millions of dollars. So it all went to my cousins from the other two, uh, aunt, the aunt and the uncle, okay? So like I said, my grandparents, well, they never did hide how they'd drawn up the will. They told us. And I rather philosophically accepted it, like, what was I going to do about it, right? It did seem hurtful and unfair. I mean, you can't help but thinking, well, what did I do? What, you know, what is there about me? It, it's, it's a thing. It's like, you know, it's hurtful. But I did reason in my own mind that they had the right to do whatever they wanted with their own possessions, right? Um, and we're from Montana, you know, especially as I got a little older, I just realized, you know, I needed to make my own way in the world, right? And then my husband, we got married and, you know, we just, we worked hard and we made our way in the world and I didn't expect a handout or anything. So you can rationalize this, right? 
Um, and that's kind of what we did. And and I knew, I, I knew that we weren't supposed to be bitter. I mean, I might have been a Christian that didn't have a full mind of the Lord, but it's pretty clear in scripture. We need to forgive. We need to not be bitter, etc. And like I say, the tradition in our family through the generations has pretty much been to just pretend everything's fine. But the Lord chose to spoke to me uh, at a, a certain point, let's say I'm in my mid forties, maybe through a dream. Uh, many times he does that. So in this one dream, I was in a vast warehouse and it had a lot of items in it. There was just a lot of stuff. So my maternal grandparents were there and I understood that all the items had previously belonged to them. So the other grandchildren that were present could speak up and claim items that they wanted or that interested them. But for some reason, I understood that I could not do that. And it didn't even bother me. It didn't upset me. I just seemed to be accepting of it. And then I woke up. I was like, well, why did I dream that? So I re-examined myself before the Lord. Uh, I, I just didn't want any resentment or bitterness. I thought, well, maybe there was some and I didn't know it. So I just confessed and prayed and did everything I could do. And um, I didn't know what else, right? So several nights later, I dreamed of my grandparents again, only this time I simply saw them and I exclaimed, hey, you were just in a dream of mine, and then I woke up again. Well, it seemed to me that the Lord was highlighting that maybe there was more to this than I understood. Maybe it was more of a deeper layer of something and I didn't know what it was. So at some point I had a chance to bring it up to Karen, my mentor, who I think I explained she's in heaven now, but um, I... I wanted to share those dreams with her when I got the chance. So I did that. And she was a very powerful, prophetic uh, woman. And the Lord showed her that a spirit of deprivation, okay, so you need to be listening because I told you what you don't know can hurt you. Because of how the inheritance had been stolen from our side of the family, from me, a spirit of deprivation had gained entry through this situation and it was draining away various things in my life, including health, mental capacities, and finances. And it had never occurred to me that the Lord cared about that injustice. I had never thought that that mattered to him, much less that a door had been opened through which the demonic could work. Okay, the enemy knows scripture very well. Remember how he used it with Jesus on the temptation. And when we don't understand, it, it can be to our detriment. So at that point, I began to research the scriptures regarding inheritance and the justice of the Lord. And I'm not going to cover all that, but there was one verse that really stuck with me regarding inheritance. And it's in Proverbs 13, 22, I believe. And it says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children to his grandchildren I was like wow it is right there in God's word I'm not sure what reason they left us out I I don't know you know sometimes people might play favorites or you know I don't know if that was the case I have no idea it doesn't really matter God just said in his word and he has many other passages and principles that prove that a godly inheritance is one that is fair and just and doesn't leave someone out. I mean, even think about it. We're co-heirs with Christ, right? He's not 
we're not co-heirs, some of us, and co-heir, some of us are not, you know, you know, I see, you see what I mean, whether I can spit it out or not, you can see what I mean, right? So out of that, like I said, I gained a whole new perspective that what the enemy had stolen was not okay. He wants to restore justice. He wants us to come into agreement and we have to close those doors. I mean, that's where we have the authority in Jesus name to make that happen. Okay. And you have it too. So as I said, we need to personalize it. So let's like kind of, uh, get, we're getting towards the end here where I want to give you some steps where you can do these on your own. Okay. So, um, Remember, I said it could be a lost inheritance because that's an example from my own personal story, but it could be unfair litigation. It could be broken relationships for any reason, and no matter how you were misused or abused, you know, relationships certainly get damaged and severed. Uh, but that's just a few. As you think about it and pray about it, you see what the Lord identifies. So here are some steps, some things you can pray. Number one, pray for the Lord to release his truth. Maybe you don't even see what happened to you in the light that he sees it and through the word of God. And do not be afraid to call something what it is. If it's unfair, if it's unjust, if it's just plain wrong, then acknowledge it. Don't try to sugarcoat it or pretend it didn't happen. This could be at an individual, a corporate or a societal level. I mean, injustice happens. I'm sure we've all had it. And align with what God says. Remember Romans 3, 4 says that God is the truth. Everyone else is a liar. Every man is a liar. God's the one that knows. So in other words, what that's saying is whatever he says goes. That's the way it goes. Truth is what God says it is. We, we don't have any other, other way to define it. Okay, second, acknowledge any injustice in your life. We're kind of talking about that anyway. And pray for the Lord to restore all things according to his governmental rule. You could go to Zechariah 9, 11, and 12 for that. Number three, this was from a couple years ago uh, where the Lord showed me this and I did this. Make a list of what has been stolen from you. Write it down. And think about it. If you'd been robbed in the natural realm, like if someone breaks into your house and steals some items, I would imagine the first thing you're going to need to do is make a list of what was stolen for the police, right? How else are they even going to identify it if they do find it, if you don't write it down? There needs to be a written record. Do you see? There's an idea going on here that um, there's an injustice, but there's a court in heaven just like there's a court of law on earth, right? Now, you can find that in Daniel 7, among other places. Uh, write down what the thief has taken, okay? That's an important piece of legal evidence, I believe. And God wants you to do that if you've never done that. And then you're going to pray over it, right? You're going to pray to the Father, of course, to God, to restore. But also, be aware, I hope you're in a prophetic community um, and that you have that ability. But sometimes there are people who know by the spirit prophetically what has happened in your past. And they may have spoken some sort of prophetic word over you about restoration. For example, there's been several times over the years, several pretty dramatic words have been spoken over me by strangers or people that know very little about my background. Cindy Jacobs was even one of them who prophesied to me that land would be restored that had been taken from me. Now, I will say that any hope of having some of the land that was taken through a particular inheritance is probably, it's probably too late. But, you know, you don't want to lock the Lord in either on what he might be 
saying in a prophecy. Perhaps he has some different land. Perhaps he has a different scenario in mind than you do. You know, sometimes we think we know what a prophetic word means. But all I'm saying is hang on to those prophetic words if you have them. And don't forget to pray and declare into the pray into them, declare them, decree them, and ask the Lord for faith if you don't have enough that that will be something that truly comes to pass. All right. And finally, pray and ask the Lord for healing to help you understand if there's a way that injustice has affected you and created any open doors. You know, maybe it's not bitterness and that type of baggage, but maybe you have an open door that you don't even realize needs to be closed in the name of the Lord Jesus so that the enemy cannot continue working against you because my gosh, he's such a sorry loser. Honestly, right? I mean, really, he only gets to function on this earth as he does because God hasn't locked him up yet. It's going to be one angel that comes with that chain, Revelation tells us, and throws him into the lake of fire. He only works until God says he can't. And so don't give him the advantage by not understanding from scripture any doors that need to be closed. All right? Do you want to pray with me? Okay, Lord Jesus, we just pray for those that are listening, Father. Bless them. There must be some that are listening that can just feel the woundedness all over again. It's hurt. It hurts when people betray you, especially if it's family members, the one who are the ones who are supposed to have your back. And when they don't, and when they possibly even backstab you or whatever it is that happens, we know how hurtful that can be. All of us, I'm sure, in some way know. And I pray, Father, for a healing process. I pray for people to begin to understand from the Word of God what injustice looks like, not be afraid to call it what it is, and to move forward into restoration with you, Father, so that we can all walk according to your purposes and your ways. I pray there will be a fresh anointing, a fresh truth on every listener today to begin to deal with injustice with fresh new eyes and vision so that they can see the will of the Lord accomplished in their life fully. Nothing held back in Jesus' name. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And hey, you know, I have to get this uh, this podcast in a little early. There's a lot of people with uh, Christmas vacation, so early deadlines. I don't think I'll be talking to you again until after Christmas. So you all have a blessed Christmas, all right? I pray the Lord's blessing on each and every one of you. Well, thank you for listening to Preparing the Way, the Practical Prophetic. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our show and also please rate and review on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your positive review helps us reach more people with our message. And please visit our website at www.starfireministries.org. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter. You can bless us by donating there. Read our latest articles and keep up to date with us on all of our social media sites. Thank you again, and I'll see you next time.